please enjoy this presentation of the CUTV and Friends podcast. This podcast is a collaboration between California University Television, Cal Times Newspaper, and WCAL Radio. To watch live coverage of Vulcan Athletics, there are two ways to tune in. Subscribe to CUTV Sports 1 on YouTube or download the PSAC Network app on your smart TV. Both sources will carry the live CUTV coverage of Vulcan Games. To find out the most up-to-date broadcast schedule, go to the calendar page of calvulcans.com. With CUTV Sports 1 and the PSAC Network, a front row seat is just a click away. Welcome to the newest edition of the Vulcan Sportswire. I'm Gary Smith and joined, as always, from a secret location in the middle of campus. Last week we ruled out it was the Newell Water Tower, and this week I'm going to rule out it's uh, the Booker Towers. Sports Information Director Extraordinary, Matt Kiefer. Matt, uh, by the end of the, uh, end of the season this year, people are going to find you. I'm, I'm just leaving out little clues for them. Well, I'm pretty sure you can find me relatively easy between people finder and being 2021. It's really not that hard to find anybody anymore, it seems like. Listen, I was on People Finder today, and I didn't find the people I was trying to find, so I wouldn't, <laughs> I wouldn't say that that's 100% accurate. So, and I, and I'm sworn to keep the secret, so they'll, uh, they'll have to find it other ways. But, uh, Matt, uh, we're a little bit more relaxed today as the the spring semester slowly winding down, but there are a few things that happened in the past week, and uh, we're going to start first with baseball as they made their foray into the 2021 PSAC baseball tournament. A little different look this year. Uh, and the way it was structured due to COVID and, and just the way the world is now. But uh, California last week went up to Mercyhurst. And uh, although the result wasn't what Cal expected, uh, they did get uh, some national recognition. So I'll, I'll let you take it away with everything from the Hurst. Yeah, again, the PSAC this year, uh, softball did the 3-3-3 combination, basically. Uh, baseball did a single game elimination uh, for first round, then a best of three in the semis, and a best of three in the finals. So uh, an elimination game, basically uh, MLB wild card version kind of thing. Uh, Cali went up to Mercier's and uh, suffered an, a 10-3 loss against the Lakers. Uh, Vulcans actually took a 1-0 lead in the first inning. It was looking good there. Uh, kind of a fluke kind of lost in the sun uh, by the right fielder. Let the Vulcans take that lead in the first. Uh, but Mercer's came back in the third and then uh, tied it up at 1-1. Uh, Vulcans uh, responded, and as they had all year. Uh, catcher Justin Stewart hit a solo homer in the fourth to give him a 2-1 lead. Uh, he thought maybe that might be enough to get the Vulcans some momentum there. Uh, but Mercer's got three runs in the fourth inning. And at that point, uh, basically everybody who followed the baseball program, Mercer's and the PSAC, knew what was going to happen once Mercer's got a lead in the PSAC tournament. Uh, Michael Krause was coming in the game. And uh, once he came in, he basically shut the door. Uh, retired the first 14 guys in a row he faced in order. Uh, didn't give up a hit until two outs in the ninth inning. Stewart had his second home run of the day. Uh, but again, uh, Krause basically just slammed the door on the Vulcans and any chance of a comeback. And uh, Vulcans actually gave up four home runs in the game. Only the second time all year they've given up four long balls. And uh, of the 10 runs, Mercier's got eight of them with two outs. So, I mean, Cali was right there in so many innings, putting them away before he got those big innings. Uh, but, I mean, Mercer's got three runs in three separate innings. And you get those kind of crooked numbers, it is just going to be tough uh, sledding, especially going against Krause and the staff the, the way the Lakers have it. So, and, and one of the things you mentioned there that uh, 
people may not have realized if you're uh, following Falcon baseball and D2 baseball and PSAC baseball year, most times it's a seven inning doubleheader, but when you get to the playoffs, it's nine innings. So a lot more uh, strategy with how to manage the pitching staffs and then just a lot more opportunities to get those bats out. And ultimately, like you said, once they took that lead, Mercyhurst, uh, uh, just a shutdown bullpen, actually not even a bullpen by committee, just a bullpen uh, guy that just is, is tough. Yeah, he's a St. Bonaventure transfer. Uh, he actually leads the conference, I think, with 10 wins now as a reliever, uh, which is an absurd stat. But uh, Cal, you lost the game, but they definitely uh, gained the national attention, and our social media was blowing up uh, basically the next day. Uh, there was a double play turned early in the game uh, between Anthony Venezia at second and Jacob McCaskey at short, and it is an absolute stunning play. I tried to describe it the best way I could in words, but luckily – uh, Sports Center caught wind of the play, and it was actually the number one play on Sports Center uh, on their top 10 plays uh, this past week. So that is some pretty unique fact uh, that the Vulcans were able to get that. And again, it just was one of those things uh, great for the Vulcans uh, to get that. I know Anthony and uh, Jacob were both uh, very humble by being able to say they were on Sports Center. And uh, it was great uh, to see uh, Division II baseball, the PSAC, and Cali be represented on the biggest stage basically uh in the world of sports anymore everybody watches it even every everybody watches it on youtube and twitter but i think has so many thousands of views on twitter instagram and facebook uh that was tremendous for the vulcans to get that kind of impression for uh the ending of the season there uh, with a double play that you just do not see very often well watching the play a, a few times uh, when you see it first you know my first reaction was that's a great flip and then the throw was secondary but then you watch it again and just see like the flip was great, but the, the throw McCaskey had to make because that was pretty much all arm and he was flying over the player. Uh, and then you look at it a, a third or fourth time and just realize that, you know, those two players have to be in sync and you can tell they've played next to each other all year. But uh, each time you watch that play, it's uh, it, it, you gain more and more appreciation for just how great that play exactly was. Yeah, Venetia covered so much ground in the play. He's a tremendous middle infielder. Uh, he's been able to go between second and short all week, all year with Jacob uh, McCaskey going to third, short, pitch, whatever. So he has that versatility. Uh, but Anthony plays such a great second base. And uh, you referenced uh, McCaskey's arm. There's no shortstop I'd take in the league with an arm uh, compared to McCaskey. And uh, it definitely showed why on that kind of play, being able to put that much uh, effort on it. Uh, they'll be able to complete the double play. I think a lot of people at Mercer assumed, okay, great play, footer's choice, good guy on first. No, let's end the inning with double play and uh, get back into the bat, uh, the box there for the Vulcans on offense. And it was, like you said, it was great for those two players to get that recognition. And uh, this past week, actually, uh, in the past several hours, there's been more recognition for the Vulcan baseball team as the all-conference nominations and selections have been announced. And um, since you told me them, but I didn't write them down, I will say, let's take it away, Matt. And uh, who got honors for the Vulcans this year in the PSAC baseball? Yeah, uh, this uh, today on Tuesday, basically the Vulcans had eight players named to the all PSAC West teams. Uh, four on the first team, four on the second team. Perfect balance there for you non-math majors. So uh, four on the first team. Uh, Nick Riggle got the award for the second time in his career. He got it as a junior back in 2019, uh, justifiably so. They're getting seven wins, leading the league with 12 starts. Uh, Jacob McCaskey basically doing everything offensively for the Vulcans, basically leading them in every single stat, home runs, RBIs, average on base slugging. 
so he got the nod at shortstop. Uh, Anthony Venezia actually got a utility. Uh, util- so one of those for recognition for his great work at both second and short, being a leadoff hitter, getting uh, about 18 stolen bases. So he was a great uh, player there. And also Loudon Conti at third base getting the award. And it's great to see Loudon get the uh, honor there. He's been a stalwart of the program and been around the program for obviously 20-plus years with his dad being the coach. Uh, but he had a great year. He set career high in home runs. Uh, didn't commit an error at third base in league play. And, at, you know, third base is one of the toughest positions to play. You're always almost guaranteed an error at some point. But, again, playing all those games this year in league play without committing an error. So it was great for him. And then the second team, uh, Dylan Broski, uh, Brownsville product, uh, got second team uh, and was number two in the uh, rotation and led the team in the wins with eight. Uh, David Lee, a designated hitter. Um, Patrick Brogan in right field. And uh, so, again, great job by the Vulcans there, uh, getting so many guys, getting the honors uh, this past weekend. And Patrick Gumpto uh, got second team as well. I can't uh, think of the Vulcans in 2021 without uh, seeing Mr. Gumpto because uh, it seems like every single weekend he was at least making one, two trips out there uh, to the mound. And uh, absolute stalwart. It would be hands down first team all conference, again, if it wasn't for crowds at Mercer, getting 10 wins as a reliever. Uh, really just – Change the game and dynamic for all the awards for relief pitchers uh, possibly this year, knowing that Krause is in that mix. Uh, Gumpto on the ERA, that was absurd, had a good number of wins, a handful of saves. Uh, everything you want out of a reliever, just, again, uh, Krause is 10 wins. It's just going to trump everything anybody does. But uh, Patrick Gumpto was a huge impact player for the Vulcans this year, and great to see him getting all-conference recognition. One of the good things about that list of names that you just went through is a lot of those names we will hear again in uh, – 2022 season because uh, a good nucleus will be coming back for Coach Conti and and the baseball team. Yeah, it's one of those things uh, with the idea of last year being such a wash for everybody, everybody's eligibility year. I mean, you saw this year how everybody does it differently. Some advanced years, some don't. Uh, we went with the idea of advancing years, allowing this list as a senior, but all expectations are he returns back for another year with the Vulcans and everybody else uh, outside of Nick Riggle uh, has eligibility remaining as well. And Nick came back for the fifth year uh, and great to see him get the awards and the accolades and uh, praise that he deserved uh, throughout this last season, but everybody else uh, should be back for the Vulcans. Uh, grades are never an issue with the baseball team. Those guys are always going to be high academics, good coming back, good representations of the uh, institution. So uh, excited to see them back at Wild Things Park uh, here sooner rather than later, believe it or not. Uh, it's going to go very quickly uh, before we're back out there in the frigid colds. Uh, <laughs> I've already started looking uh, for my February uh, long johns and uh, uh, thick socks in, in anticipation for getting there because, as we know, once we get back in the swing of the full swing of things, time just it, – it, it's crazy. It, it seems like it takes forever to get through seasons, but then you just – you tick off the dates and it goes crazy. And like you said, we'll be there next year. And, you know, congratulations to all those players on uh, receiving their honors from the PSAC in a great season. And, Matt, as we uh, close the book on baseball for this week, uh, another, there was one other team in competition this week, and they were down in Mount Olive, North Carolina, the track and field team. Yeah, Mount Olive had a couple of different kind of events, one Friday, Saturday, and one on Sunday. Uh, everybody in the country, basically, in Division Two, is looking for these last chance kind of meets to get in there. Uh, Matt Oliver, she called theirs first chance in multi, and then the second one was called the final qualifier. So they had a couple of different opportunities to try to hit the NC marks. 
uh, and maybe get somebody to climb up the national performance list or at least have one more chance at uh, improving their standings if they already did hit it. On the men's side, Jalen Cloud was the only representation down in North Carolina. Uh, he f- competed in the triple jump on Saturday, and he uh, went about 45 feet uh, but was unable to make the mark. Uh, so, again, uh, great job by him. He actually put his season best distance three weeks ago at 14 meters. Uh, I know you know exactly what that conversion is, Gary. Yep. Uh, that's almost 46 feet uh, when you convert 14 meters. So that's a heck of a leap. Uh, but Jalen, again, uh, is technically a senior, but we'll see again what his options are, what he chooses to do if he comes back again. And on the women's side, uh, Devon Franklin uh, competed on both – uh, Saturday and Sunday, and so did Aaron Meckler. Uh, Devon uh, did not improve her time at all, but at the same point, uh, competed against some good competition. Uh, she finished second on Saturday behind the, the unattached runner, which took me a little bit of Googling, but that's the power of Google. Uh, she actually finished behind somebody who won the GMAC title uh, in the 100-meter hurdles from Tiffin. So, again, uh, going against different competition for sure. Tiffin's not a team we face too often right now. And the 4 by one actually improved their time as well, but unable to reach the uh, NCAA provisional marks. Uh, but a good number of Vulcans on the women's side went down. Uh, all did fared well in their events, but nobody, again, uh, hit his best time outside the relay or uh, was able to climb up the performance list this past weekend in North Carolina at Mount Olive. And like you said, at the end of the day, despite the fact, you know, a lot of, a lot of competitors didn't reach the mark, that's just great to get against competition like that against – uh, schools and runners and athletes that you don't see all the time. And honestly, there's probably no better place in the uh, country in the middle of May in, in North Carolina. Uh, the humidity hasn't hit yet, and it's just beautiful country down there. Uh, and Matt, you mentioned uh, NCAAs, and I believe we have some NCAA selections that are coming out. We're shooting this uh, a day early, day Tuesday at 2.42, so by the time everyone sees it, uh, it'll be out. But uh, what do you have for us in NCAA selection land? Yeah, this year in the NCAA championships uh, on the women's side, Cal, uh, you had two uh, individuals reach the provisional marks, and the uh, Devon Franklin uh, reached the mark in the 100 meters at 11.65 seconds uh, in the 100 meters, and she's slotted at number 15 in the country right now. So you think that's normally right around the cutoff line. We'll see what it ends up being. Some years it's more, some years it's not. Uh, so it's tough to say, but hopefully she has a chance there. Then also in the high jump, uh, freshman the outdoor freshman sophomore overall uh, Beyonce Kelly uh, with her five foot eight clearance in the high jump we talked about a weeks ago basically jumping over our heads uh, she is tied for 13th in division two so that should make the mark as well uh, but again that final decision will not be released from the NCAA until Tuesday at 6 p.m. Uh, so again by the time this gets out there people will find the information if they did or did not make it hopefully they did uh, the NCAA championship should talk about North Carolina being a great spot to go yeah they're going to Allendale Michigan for the championships on the campus of Grand Valley State on May 27th through 29th. So still a couple weeks away, uh, but again, this is the uh, the last event of the entire academic athletic year for the Vulcans will be the NCAA championships. Uh, hopefully they have a couple of representations there because obviously last, or, last year outdoor was completely canceled and indoor had the, I guess, misfortune of basically getting everybody there and then pulling the rug out and saying, no, we're not even competing. So really putting a wrench into the, the plans of how things went last year. So a chance hopefully for Devon and Beyonce to, to have one more chance and see how they do on the national stage uh, against uh, obviously some of the best athletes in the country at this level. And I tell you what, Matt, each and every time you talk about that uh, high jump of five foot eight, I think next year's open will be me and you back to back with her going over top of our heads and sports wire coming out kind of like a, the old uh, NBC, the more, you know, uh, thing. So we'll get some nice music. So we'll work on that uh, over the summer. So just, you know, keep that in the back of your head. 
you never know. You might grow by then. You might be like five, ten, five. <laughs> Real challenge, but uh, I think you and I have both at the uh, the all the growth spurts we're getting uh, vertically at least at this point in our life. Yeah, I was to say if uh, we start growing anymore, we're going to be in medical journals because uh, I think we're we're way past that. I mean, I, every morning I wake up and hope that I I am a little bit taller, but uh, unfortunately, just the hair gets a little grayer, and uh, that's what happens. But um, so that puts the uh, ribbon on track for this week. And one other sport we want to talk about this week, uh, they weren't. They were eliminated for competition a few weeks ago. That's the softball team. But um, the all-conference selections came out, and Cal U was well-represented. Yeah, on May 12th, again, uh, was last Wednesday before the baseball game started. And actually, it was during the baseball game when it was announced. Uh, freshman Brittany Wilson was named the top freshman in the PSAC West. Uh, she's actually the eighth Vulcan to be named the PSAC West Freshman of the Year since 2009. So uh, no problem getting young talent coming in for the Vulcans uh, and head coach Rick Bertinoli, uh, given that kind of accomplishment. But she also got all PSAC West second team honors at third base and was joined on the second team by her sister, uh, Brooke Wilson, a senior who looks to also be coming back next year as well. And uh, fellow freshman designated player Shayna Postler also received all PSAC West second team. So Vulcans with three players there, all coming back uh, for the Vulcans. And again, uh, so many young people, we referenced it last week and all season long, uh, so many young players on that roster expecting to come back and see even more experience uh, next year and see how the Vulcans do uh, at Lily Field here, getting a whole fall ball to practice on it and coming back with a full season again uh, back here on campus. Oh, and definitely it's going to be fun watching that team grow. As uh, we saw this year, you could see from the first game uh, that we covered, the first game back uh, at Lily Field to the, to the end of the season that, you know, the growth that team is having. So that's a great accomplishment. And like I said, look forward to, again, it's going to be here before you know it, back out at uh, Lily Field uh, for 2022. Uh, but congratulations uh, to those players. And Matt, one other softball note, uh, there's a little thing coming up in Tokyo in July called the Olympics. And uh, is going to have a rooting interest in that. Yeah, again, uh, hopefully again, the Olympics – uh, continue on. I uh, did have to do a little bit more of the power of Google. The idea they will still be called the 2020 Olympics in Tokyo, even though it will be the 2021 season. Uh, but Natalie Weidman, a former absolute standout for the Vulcans uh, during her career, uh, graduated in 2014, uh, played second base, but also was primarily catcher, uh, will be representing Team Canada at this Olympic Games. She'll be the third uh, Caillou softball player to play for Team Canada. Uh, they had representation in 2000 in Sydney and 2008 in Beijing, uh, which was actually the last year they had softball in the Olympics because uh, it was canceled from the Olympics and brought back uh, anticipated last year but uh, be coming back this year and again uh, Natalie was the actual national catcher of the year in Division Two. her senior year uh, was an academic All-American both catcher and uh, second base in her career and helped the Vulcans win the uh, PSAC tournament as a senior when she was named the uh, player of the year and MVP of the conference tournament. Uh, so Natalie was a dominant player for the Vulcans uh, and the Vulcans won a ton of games when she was here. So I know she's been waiting to have this chance to come back and represent her home country for a number of years since she's graduated. And then the idea of having last year the Olympics canceled, uh, being able to come back again, uh, it's nice for her to at least be able to have that chance. And I don't know if you read the whole story, Gary, but she's going to be playing with former MLB players Jason Bay and Brett Laurie's sisters on the roster for Team Canada. So, again, uh, plenty of familiar names there for uh, people who follow MLB baseball uh, with Lowry and Bay, both uh, guys who were up for Rookies of the Year back when they made their debuts in the mid-2000s for the Blue Jays and the Pirates. Well, I got a full circle there. I, I like that. And I actually did get to the name Jason Bay in, the, in, in your story. And then it, 
since shockwaves are just how disappointing the pirates were from about the mid 2000s to about 2013. So I think my brain just shut off whenever I saw his name, but uh, that's a heck of an accomplishment though. And um, we have a few months so we can figure out uh, what the time difference is between California and uh, Tokyo. So we can figure out what time those games will be on. Cause that'll be something fun to watch. Um, you know, someone that we've seen at, at old Lily Phil. Now I guess we can say that for so many years and do so many great things. So uh, just an outstanding, outstanding uh, accolade for her and the Vulcan softball team. Yeah, it's one of those things. I mean, it's uh, late July. I think it's 22nd to the 27th. They'll be running. Uh, and again, you'll be able to find the Olympics. I'm sure all over any streaming device, any channels you want, uh, they'll definitely be able by them coming back again on the national scale. Not sure what the attendance will be allowed to have there and who's allowed to travel internationally at that point, but uh, no question. Uh, it, it's great to have the Olympics be back at least on schedule as of right now and uh, hopefully have the opportunity to watch uh, some great uh, international competition across all sports. Uh, that'll, games. that'll be nice. It's just another uh, – it, when those happen, it'll be another nice – uh, just reminder of life hopefully coming back to normal, uh, not only here, but also globally. Uh, but also something that shows life getting back to normal is me asking you an off-the-wall question in the show. And again, I don't tell Matt these ahead of time, so he's, he's, we're getting the, the most honest and raw answers. But Matt, I told you I've been reading a book on the uh, 1989 Senior League of Baseball uh, called Extra Innings. I recommend it to any baseball fan. Uh, arriving in the mail today was the 1989 Top Senior League um, a series, but my question for the Amazon Steelers get that off the off your porch there. I mean, you don't want to uh, steal that. Listen, in Hiller, it goes to the it goes to the post office, man. I, I'm protected, so I that's how we know something's wrong in Hiller. If there's something there's something going on at the post office, you just don't get the mail that day. So we're we're good there. It's in my car right now, which I probably shouldn't have told you because you know what I drive and where I park. But my question to you is, if the Senior League of Baseball were to come back, and the uh, age ranges for that was. Uh, pitchers over 32 and position players over 35. It were, if it were to be announced today that it's coming back this fall, who would be the one player you'd like to suit up once again down in Florida? That's a tough call, man. I, I got to watch a lot of guys play. I mean, Bautista's just retired. I saw him in his heyday. I don't really need to see that. Jeter would be kind of cool to see. Um, but you know what? We'll go somewhere off the wall because we see the guy. He's relatively local. We'll go see the mayor. Let's see Sean Casey swing the bat one more time. Why not? I'd be okay with that. Guy. No, or, that guy you would think I'd pick, but I'm like, you know what? I'll just pick somebody random for you. And there's no way you're going to think I'm going to pick the mayor, Sean Casey. Why not? I was thinking it was, I was, I thought we were going to hear like four or five Blue Jays names coming back to back to back. Or, you know what? Jason Bay. I wouldn't mind seeing him swing a bat. He can uh, redeem everything uh, for uh, everything in the mid 90s. It was Jason Bay, Xavier Nady, and I forget who the third member of that outfield was. Um, and it's sad that I can remember that. I still remember Nady getting traded to the Yankees and people getting upset with that. I'm like, it's Xavier Nady. He's really not going to hurt anything with losing, uh, getting him off the Pirates. One of the worst trades that I felt in my, in my soul was whenever they uh, traded um, Tony Plush. Uh, I can't think of his – I have his uh, – um, Niger Morgan. Uh, they traded him, and uh, my friend Ryan Coons, who worked at the Pirates at the time, was able to get me the jersey before they threw it out. So I have a Niger Morgan autographed jersey in my house but i always loved him because he was fast. Nigel morgan yeah. might want that jersey back well he's he, it, it's he can't have it that's that's my pride and joy uh and the, if, if only i could get uh an ike taylor autographed jersey we'd be we'd be set but just the fact that he referred to himself as tony plush in interviews that you know that sealed it for me for him being my favorite pirate for that two-year period uh two-year period that's how, that's a pretty synopsis tight window there pirates history 
<laughs> well, I think we've covered everything. We've covered uh, Major League Baseball. We've covered the Olympics. We've covered Cal Baseball, Softball, and Track. Um, you still have Vulcans of the Week, though. You still have one more left. I was testing you. We got the Vulcans <laughs> of the Week, Matt. And you know, you know what hurt me is usually they're done, but we're shooting this on Tuesday. It's 2.52 on Tuesday, so it slipped my mind. But uh, what is the big reveal for the Vulcans of the Week this week? Yeah, uh, baseball, again, only having uh, one game, uh, and they lost. But at the same point, you can't overlook uh, what catcher Justin Stewart did, hitting uh, two solo home runs in the game. You obviously wish some of those would came on base. Uh, but, again, uh, really making that impressive, I think, for Stewart, is catching so many games this year uh, and playing so many innings behind the plate and getting so many foul balls, uh, foul tips, everything off, of, off the plate there. But, actually, his first two career home runs, he entered the game with no homers and 183 career at-bats, and he got two of them in one game. Uh, so that is the true definition of the beauty of baseball that you never know what you're going to see. Um, but again, Justin Stewart on the men's side, a great accomplishment by, for him and hopefully has a great summer. Uh, can heal up a little bit and come back and be ready to play again. And on the women's side, we're going to go with uh, Jalissa Mackey uh, in the 100 hurdles and was also a member of the 4 by one that improved their time. She actually had a improved her time in the 100-meter hurdles, but it was wind-aided, so technically it doesn't count, but we're going to count it for this measure. Uh, she ran a, four, a time of 14 seconds, 14.55 uh, seconds uh, down in Mount Olive. So, again, uh, great to see her in her career. Uh, been a great member of the Vulcans the last two years. Uh, basically, I was talking to Coach earlier today, went from a walk-on status uh, last year to winning the conference title in the 100-meter hurdles. Uh, so not too bad in two years with the program, going from walk-on to a conference champion in two different events, obviously being a member of the relay as well at the conference meet. So uh, both those individuals wrap up the last Vulcans of the Week uh, for the 2021 uh, spring semester. And congratulations to those athletes because, uh, like you said, each and every week, it's, I know it's always tough for you to pick who they are because, I mean, it's been a, an exciting spring season for for Vulcans of uh, every sport that we've had and if you can look here that's another reason why uh, I didn't notice it is my handwriting is horrible uh, so I apologize but that's why Matt has it written down on the um, the dry race board behind him to Luke keep is over in daycare he started coloring last night so, I mean, if you want competition I'll, I'll go get you a one-year-old he just turned one so we'll have a competition out there another year or two we're ready to go I would feel very confident in saying his handwriting is a lot better than mine uh, and I have a 40 <laughs> three and a half year head start on the little guy. So yeah, he, uh, like I said, next year he'll be, uh, he'll be the third member of the show. Oh, sounds good. I'm sure he wouldn't mind doing it. <laughs> well, that ends, uh, this week's, uh, kind of crazy edition of the Vulcan sports wire. Um, as always for the most up-to-date information for Vulcan athletics, follow, uh, or go to their webpage at calvalkins.com and also calvalkins at Twitter and calvalkins on Instagram. So for Matt Kiefer, I'm Gary Smith. We'll see you next time on the Vulcan sports wire and go Vulcans. For highlights, standings, schedules, and more, check out the Vulcan Sports Wire. Produced weekly with Cali Sports Information Department and CUTV, the Sports Wire looks back at the previous weekend's action as well as looks ahead to the upcoming Vulcan schedule. The Sports Wire can be seen on YouTube at CUTV Sports One, where an audio version can be heard on the CUTV and Friends podcast, available on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. To view pictures of select athletic contests, check out the Cal Times Student News Service. The Cal Times has photo galleries of sports in season, and the galleries can be accessed on Twitter at Cal Times, Facebook at Cal U Times, or Instagram at Cal Times News. The Cal Times photo galleries get you right in the heart of the action. The preceding program was a joint collaboration between California University Television 
Cal Times newspaper, and WCAL radio. Please subscribe to the CUTV and Friends podcast for updated shows.